The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Term Buckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, also now in association with NDPW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also now in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. To listen to our podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, all those other podcasters out there, Spotify, and of course now on StreamYard. As always, I'm Big Joe, and I'm Carl Carafel. Yes, Carl, know that week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, and I guess again, just to kind of kick off uh, the recording here, welcome to. Turnbuckle Talk back doing video. This has been a long time since we've been on this kind of format here, Carl. This is uh, this is interesting. We're we're getting back into video. Yeah, we are. Um, for those of you that that don't know or haven't followed us, we were uh, doing different things at one time as well. We had done a uh, tech talk and we did a paranormal talk yeah. as well. Um, the last time we did video <laughs> was when we did paranormal talk with our 13th episode yeah which didn't i don't know if it's because it's weird, um yeah. <laughs> of what we were talking about Could have been. but it did not turn out very well at all now i do understand that my video is a little bit laggy uh my webcam that i have is probably about 13 to 15 years old <laughs> so yeah it's, it's it's pretty ancient but there is a new one on its way so definitely uh it will be better it definitely will big joe though he does have an uh, amazing setup going on there with his mac mm-hmm. that he has so he's got a, a good webcam yep. on there so yeah this is going to be super good this is probably a new avenue that we're going to continue to do and hopefully things go well so thank you everybody for tuning in this is this is going to be amazing yeah i mean for the longest time we kind of held off on doing video because on our previous platform and we were doing a lot of extra work you know video and kind of reproducing the heck out of it a bunch of overlays you know to a relatively small audience at the time but the, the time has come again here carl to to bring you some video with turnbuckle talk here and you get to see our faces while our, while our gums are flapping which i think is going to be a be a fun thing here so yeah, I think so as well. All right, man. Well, let's get to the first topic here for this week. We're talking AEW Double or Nothing. Now, before we kind of get into the breaking down the whole show here, is this kind of their marquee event or is it all out? Because I think it's something that's kind of up for debate amongst fans here. Yeah, it definitely is up for debate. I think after what we have seen from Double or Nothing 2020, I do believe that this is going to be their marquee event. Okay. Um, just... you take a look at WWE's product of WrestleMania that they did. And then you take a look at AEW double or nothing that just happened. There's a little bit of uh, correlation between the two. You could almost say so. Yeah. I, I would say that at this point right now, double or nothing is AEW's marquee event of the year. Interesting, because I, I, th- I think you can make the strong argument for All Out, because this whole thing started at all, at all In in Chicago, and that's kind of what All Out has kind of morphed uh, into off of that. So I think potentially, you know, you could have two kind of marquee events there, but, uh, you know, Double or Nothing is definitely one of them, and I think All Out is uh, either an equal or might even kind of surpass a little bit. Will it kind of 
be a WrestleMania kind of level type thing, time will tell. This is still very, that's very, right. very new. And that's kind of kind of be a theme kind of going through this episode, especially when we start getting into our um, Showstopper segment this week. But let's start uh, off with the pre-show match here. They they kicked off with a, a bit of a fun one here. We had the best friends, which, of course, is Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus the private party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Um, of course, you know, we always have Orange Cassidy around uh, for the best friends. And it was a fun tag team match to kind of kick things off there. It was a good way to do it. I mm-hmm. mean, the, both of these teams really, they put on a good show. They make people happy. They do fun mm-hmm. little things. So by doing something good and something fun like this, it was the perfect, perfect way for them to kick off the show. Yeah, it, it was actually, this is a, to determine the new number one contender for the tag team championship. So, yeah, the best friends are going to get a, a future uh, tag team title matchup. And uh, I went just over 15 minutes, too, which I think is a good time frame for a pre-show match. They just had the one and then filled the time, the rest of the time, with some vignettes and some other promotional stuff and whatnot. So they, they did a decent job, as they usually do on the pre-show, or what they call it the buy-in. That's how they yeah. uh, they were their pre-show, which I think is a cool way to do it. Uh, to kick off the uh, the main the, the main card here, we had where they were calling it the casino ladder match for a future AEW World Championship title opportunity. We had Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, uh, Joey Janela filling in for an injured Phoenix, uh, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc, uh, who had Penelope before with them, of course, as always, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. And at the the very, very last person to come in was a debuting Cage that was uh, kind of a surprise. Uh, Brian Cage um, coming in last, and he had Taz with him too, which was interesting as well. That's right. I was I was just going to say, uh, you know, it wasn't Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. It was Brian Cage. Yes. Um, that guy is a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm very happy to see him uh, working with AEW and very interested to see kind of who they put him into any type of a uh, program with at this point. Um, all really good names on that card. Um, I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on Orange Cassidy, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave yeah. it at that. Um, yeah, but I mean, the rest of the names, all, all really good. All the top mid-card talent yep. right there, which was which was really cool. So, Which is usually... The, the the approach to kind of these large number tag team or not tag team uh, the, these ladder match type things it's usually somebody from that mid card level to get a, a bit of a boost or to get a bit of a push that's usually the goal with these matches and I will say with with uh, this one with this being the kickoff for the the main card this has become a little typical of AEW's pay per view or, or their their larger events is that they tend to do a little too much on their first match you know typically again this is the old school wrestling fan coming out in me that you know you start and then you build you know you build to a climax at the end of your event uh, they, they tend to sometimes go a little too much at the beginning and then some other matches can kind of be a bit of a downer afterwards because it's like when you do too much it's like well where do you go from there right so they're definitely a little bit guilty on this and one person in specific the debuting brian cage you know we, we've had him on the podcast before a great guy um moves like a hundred miles per second. He's a very, very, uh, he's a, he's always moving. And, uh, one thing I, I will say, and this is actually coming from our friend, uh, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman, you know, when we're watching these events, you know, especially myself, you know, we're looking, we're on Facebook quite a bit and we're, you get to these, a lot of uh, live conversations and whatnot. And Ryan made a very good point, And I kind of second his opinion on this, that uh, with cage, he needs to kind of trim down a little bit. Then he needs to get a little bit leaner and he needs to slow down. You don't need to, you know, be doing flips and all this kind of stuff as a bigger guy, you know, do that kind of stuff sparingly, not all the time. And I understand that, uh, he likes kind of that high octane style, but it, we've seen it results in a lot of injuries for him. He gets hurt a lot, so he needs to slow it down a little bit so he can have a bit of a longer career, frankly. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would, uh, definitely agree with that. So there's, uh, times where that flip and high fly stuff from a big guy is definitely warranted mm-hmm. but all the time not so much uh the, the guy he's he's big enough that he doesn't have to really do any of that he can he can essentially run rough shot mm-hmm. over everybody that's there 
and it it wouldn't make a difference if he's uh you know doing backflips or or not so yeah I, I with that i agree yep he's a kind of a sparingly uh, before we do our next match here, if we do have anybody that, that is watching live, feel free to ask any questions, and uh, we can uh, always address them as well because it does uh, come up in our uh, in our our video here. Uh, next up, we had MJF versus Jungle Boy, uh, and just a straight up kind of singles match. Uh, this uh, was is one of the better matchups of the evening. I, I I enjoyed this one. Was a very good match um, and great build up to this. Everything mm-hmm. that they've done over the last few weeks to build up to this uh this matchup between mjf and jungle boy was just fantastic and they they used luchasaurus in the in this program they've used marco stunt in this program they've used everybody collectively uh so i mean wardlow was you know on mjf's side mm-hmm. of things and it was it was just fantastic I, I think that this was uh storytelling done properly i will say with, with this too uh, there was I know it's not just an AEW. This has become a fairly popular spot to do in matches, and it always scares the hell out of me. I don't know uh, if you get what I'm referring to. They did this kind of like DDT spike kind of move on the uh, basically on the apron, going to the outside. Uh, th- that is a damn. Uh, there's such a fine margin for error there. And, and you know, going back briefly on the previous match too, there was a spot with Darby Allen and uh, Brian Cage, where Cage basically, you know, lifted Darby up on a ladder and just chucked him to the outside and onto another ladder. Like some of these spots, like I know Darby is a he's a glutton for punishment and he likes to, you know, he has a high pain threshold and what have it. But uh, damn, like guys, <laughs> tone it down a little bit. I understand that you're you're eager to eager to please. But especially so early in the card, like that, you gotta kind of know your place. And this is kind of a a big critique of AEW currently is that they they, they tend to kind of go too much at the beginning, and everything else kind of feels like it's kind of a coasting, or you know, then we go on the downslope afterwards. So, but uh, needless to say, still a great match. I mean, to watch MJF. You know, even just the character work, you know, he's a great worker in the ring as well, but that character work is always fantastic as a heel. And then Jungle Boy, I mean, for a small guy, I mean, he, he, he's, he's impressive. Um, And the type of guy that can really kind of excel in this promotion, because as we know, over in the WWE, somebody like him wouldn't really stand a chance because Vince would not uh, get behind somebody like that. So it's good to see uh, somebody of his stature actually get some, some notoriety there. So it's uh, good for him. That's right. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, yeah. the son of Luke Perry. I mean, just just an, an amazing kid. I mean, he's phenomenal in that ring. Uh, it's it's just fantastic to see. Um, I think to, to go along with your uh, your assumptions there of doing things way too quickly and way too much at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm you got to remember who they're having at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. It's these mid card talents yeah. that are trying to make a name for themselves. So they're trying to impress not only uh, the AEW management, but Tony Khan himself as mm-hmm. well. So that Tony kind of goes, Hey, Hey, I, I like that kid. Like you, you, we really need to do something here. And, and, and you know, and then kind of have things going from there. And I think that that's kind of what, we're running into right now yeah. is situations where they're trying to really put everything out there to get noticed and make a name for themselves. Well, this brings up, brings up a bit of a bigger topic that I think we've actually hinted at before, but we'll, we'll kind of address it again here. And this is uh, we're having you on here, Carly, helps a lot with you being in, uh, an in-ring competitor before. Are, are the days of where there'd be a wrestling show going on to where guys wouldn't repeat stuff during matches. It's like, okay, you know, the guys would be like, okay, you know, we're going to do this spot. And then say if somebody else early on was going to do something similar, they're like, okay, we won't do that. You know, we'll do something different. So you're not stepping over each other's toes or repeating things. Um, are those days kind of passe or are they kind of gone now? Because I mean, that was always a time honored tradition in professional wrestling is that you didn't repeat somebody else's thing. That's right. Uh, you you didn't. Um, but I mean, nowadays it, it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, how many times within a program or within a, a, a pay per view or within a show do we see super kicks happening? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They're always happening. How many times do we see you know a, a 
Tope Suicina, oh, as God. they like to call it nowadays. It's just continuously Tope Suicina. Wait, I mean, what? how many times do we see that done during uh, a broadcast? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the days of, hey, we got this spot that we're doing. Oh. And uh, the respect of, okay, you guys take that spot seems to not even be there anymore. Um, when I was actually working in the ring before I retired out of in-ring competition, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you kind of like listened in to what the other guys were doing. And, and then if you had a big spot that you wanted to do, you went to them and you said, hey, listen, you went to the ones, you know, like two matches before, a match before. And then if you were like, in the middle then you like two on either side right mm-hmm. if it happened at the very beginning and you're like the fifth match in uh, it, it, it was kind of okay right but yeah i mean if you like have you know two matches ago this big spot happened and mm-hmm. then the last match this big spot happened and then this match like yeah that didn't happen but it seems to now I got a little bit of a chuckle there because you, you were, I believe the term you were looking for was Tope Suicida. Uh, you were saying Tope Suicina, which I'm assuming is the John Cena version of that move. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> there you go, John. There's a new uh, term we could use it on uh, if he comes back. Uh, the Tope Suicina. Um, that, that, that was pretty good. That was, uh, I'm lucky I caught on to that. Um, so next up we had Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford, who was actually uh, filling in for, I, I believe it was um, Britt Baker who was injured. Um, this ended up being a pretty decent match. Penelope Ford is somebody that is tough with her because, I mean, obviously, you know, being... You know, you're kind of stereotypical heterosexual male wrestling fan. And obviously she's nice to look at, but uh, ring work-wise, she still has a little ways to go. She's, she's, she's pretty good. She's getting there. And someone like Chris, Stanler, Chris Statlander sorry, can uh, kind of uh, help her to kind of build her up. Because I think she's done uh, quite a bit of kind of like valet work. But it's nice to see her kind of get in the ring and um, actually get to work a little bit. And uh, she's got some potential, but she's got a long ways to go. I... I... I don't know. I, I don't know if she really has a long way to go. I think she's she's doing very well yeah. um, for for herself. I mean, mm. I think yeah. I think you. I think honestly, you're just being way overcritical. To be honest. Well, I mean, it's just it's um when, when I when I watch, I mean, you, you can kind of again. You know, I'm somebody who really likes to kind of break things down kind of fine like minutely right so that's just kind of the way i am when it comes to professional wrestling and you can tell i mean she's she's still getting some experience and, and I, I don't mean it to really in a negative way i mean she's she's getting better and getting to work with uh, somebody that's been around for a while like chris you know, it only benefits her so it's i'm, I'm not trying to to necessarily portray it as a negative i mean she's getting to work in there instead of just being kind of the eye candy which uh you know typically somebody that looks like her only kind of gets to do so it's nice to actually see her get in the ring is kind of more what i'm getting at okay yeah okay I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass on that for now <laughs> so next up here we had this is an interesting one it uh was sean spears versus dustin rhodes uh, which I guess apparently Dustin's been away for a little while. And Sean basically went in there and was basically saying, okay, you know, Dustin's not here, start counting him out. And then Dustin came out and basically handed his ass to him, uh, lit- literally and figuratively. You know, we saw some uh, some interesting stuff here. It was kind of a version of a, like a surprise squash match. I mean, it would, might be kind of the best way to kind of describe it. Yeah, surprise squash match or yeah. or just old school clinic mm-hmm. uh like dustin Rhodes is always going to be one of the tops in my books for uh, just what he's done in professional wrestling yep. uh, not only for himself and his characters but also for other people as well and uh, even though sean spears was defeated and beat down like a government mule <laughs> in this matchup it's only elevated sean spears just to be yeah. in that actual match with Dustin Rhodes, that's only elevated him yeah. at this point. And Sean basically got stripped down to his underwear, and then right at the the crotch level, there was a face of Tully Blanchard on his uh, basically his underwear right at the at the crotch level. I thought that was a little kind of odd, and th- that needs to be explained. I think. <laughs> What, what needs? To, what do you mean? It needs to be explained. Yeah, totally. One of the greatest. Don't you still have your your Batman underwear? 
don't, don't have... you still wear your Batman underwear? It's have... the exact same thing. I don't have his face on my crotch, though. His face, his logo, what's the difference? <laughs> it's interesting. I'm hoping that they'll find some kind of way to explain that uh, comedically, even if they need to. It's a, a kind of a, a strange uh, thing there. Um, yeah. Next up, we had for the AEW Women's World Championship here we had it was a no disqualification and no count out uh, match that, that's a stipulation I don't think I've ever heard of before uh, we had Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida and this was um, it was okay for a women's championship match it was good um, I'm definitely a fan of Hikaru Shida and I'm glad that uh, that things turned out the way that they did I'll just kind of put it that way yeah I mean I'm I'm happy with the way that the, that it went, that it happened. Um, for the most part, I yeah. mean, we're, we're looking, you know, again, uh, Kirishita, right? Like a tiny little girl. Mm-hmm. That's you know, like it, the disbelief really needs to be kind of stretched on this, yeah, to really make it you know understandable, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, some of the moves, like some of the suplexes and whatnot, you know, you have, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief there. Um, yeah. g- given the size difference, I mean, she is not like a not like super small. You know, she's not a Riho small. She's a little bit bigger, but uh, but yeah, it, it was it was good to see somebody that you know that's worked hard and is kind of to, to get to that level to kind of, uh, you know, she actually ended up winning the the title there. So uh, I think it was good to see, but it is a little odd when you kind of see a, a smaller wrestler kind of overtake a larger one like that. I mean, it, it was, and it was pretty even too, which I think is, is a little odd for it to play out. Cause I mean, typically a larger competitor would kind of like dominate. And if you're going to have, a smaller person win, you would basically have them kind of be like a surprise winner. They kind of get like a one up on them or something, but it was, it was pretty 50, 50, the way it kind of went. They both got, uh, I would say pretty equal amount of offense in there. Yeah, definitely. They did. I mean, no denying that, you know, like the match itself was, I mean, a good, uh, you know, like B rated match. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, yeah. but I'm just finding it really hard to suspend the disbelief when it comes to the women's division right now in AEW and, and who they continue to, to put on top. Um, Yeah. I'm just, I'm finding it really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's a division that uh, definitely needs some help. And I definitely want to see more of people like Chris Statlander and like that to, to kind of get some uh, notoriety and to stop so much of this really, really big versus really, really small type thing. Like it almost feels kind of cartoony sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I know that's probably a little bit of Kenny Omega in there because uh, as far as I know, he does book a lot of the women's divisions. So it makes sense. Kenny's a big comic book and video game fan. So we're going to see a little bit of this uh, – you know, kind of supernatural kind of stuff where you have hundred pound people suplexing three hundred pound people, right? So it's it's a little it does make it a little tough to believe in, uh, especially modern day. Um, yes. Next up, we had John Moxley versus Brody Lee, and th- this was this was a pretty good match. It went a tad longer than I kind of would have liked, but it was a no DQ and also another. Uh, no, it was it wasn't a no DQ. It was a singles match, although they kind of went all over the place, uh, which was a little odd. Yep. This brings up a, a kind of question here, Carl. AEW tends to do this a little bit to where, you know, they, they have these singles matches where there, there should be the, the count happening, but it seems like it's at the referee's discretion sometimes. And yeah, is this maybe just like this, the, this Bryce Remsburg, is that kind of his thing? Cause he was I don't the, think it's just his thing. I think that, that honestly, that that is yeah. a, uh, it's just an AEW thing. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to make it a little bit more uh, quote unquote real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so suspend that a little bit yeah. and, and just allow that, yeah. you know, they kind of go out there and I mean, even when they're in the corner, right. Uh, or, or going for a rope break or anything like that, you know, like it's, it's yeah. 10 count, not the five count. Right. So they give them a little bit more time yeah. to, I mean, so that's, I think it's just an AEW thing. Yeah. That's all. I will say that it seems like, and I'm talking Bryce Remsburg, the referee, it seems like he's getting a little bit better at not being this kind of over-the-top, flailing all over the place and not reacting in herky-jerky stuff. It seems like he's kind of toned down a little bit on that, which is good to see. Or, I mean, I'm just not, I'm not picking up on it as much. Um, you're, I think the cameras just aren't 
picking up <laughs> on it as yeah. much anymore. So maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe they're um, trying to avoid putting the camera on as much. Maybe he's still and doing it. I'm not noticing it. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it seems as though Ref Aubrey has really taken on to that as well, yeah, which is too. a real piss off because yeah. I I hate that. You're not an enter. You're not there to be the entertainment. You when mm. when a body slam happens, you don't need to jump absolutely every time. Yeah. When somebody gets chopped, you don't need to sit there and and make a, a face like you're all hurt and grab your chest. You don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. You're the not the one being hit. You're not the one that has been involved in that situation. You do yeah. not react. Yeah. Referee. That's all you got to do. Yep. And especially the, the way that uh, Bryce does his, uh, like when he counts for the pinfall, like he gets a lot of height and he gets a lot of air yeah. and when he does it. And it's like, dude, it's, it's performance art. And I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, it just gets, again, as somebody who's somewhat of a traditionalist, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Like it drives me Jim Cornette crazy sometimes. Some yeah, of the stuff too. where I see it, it's like, dude, it's like you're trying to steal the spotlight. If you want to be a wrestler, just go get trained to get in the That's ring. Right. Right, because right. you're stealing the spotlight, frankly, at some of these uh, points. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, great uh, back and forth. I mean, these guys have, you know, we're talking Moxley and Brody Lee. I mean, these guys go way back to like CZW days uh, before their time in AEW as uh, Luke Harper and uh, Dean Ambrose. I yeah. mean, these guys have worked with each other a lot, and and it showed in this match. They work really well together. They really did, and and yeah. what was nice about this is that everything just kind of really seemed to flow. Everything was just really good. They they worked phenomenally together, and and the way that this ended as well, I love that that really yeah. they didn't they didn't necessarily bury Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Yes, he 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 lost. Yeah, John Moxley is still the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Has his belt back after Brody Lee technically stole it which that i loved that yeah. has not been something that has happened in a in a long time and oh, i loved God. that but um yeah like it just it ended with a stoppage uh essentially yeah. brody lee just passed out and 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 it ended in a stoppage and i was totally okay with that yeah it saves him from getting buried, like you had mentioned there at the beginning. If it would just been a clean pin, you know, then I think that, you know, then that, that kind of buries what yeah. they were trying to build up with him. So I think having him essentially just pass out, like he didn't tap out, he didn't get pinned, uh, that, that saves that, you know, and then you can you can proceed more storyline-wise and, and whatnot with yes. it. So, so that was a great move and a good way to kind of end the match. Um, next up here we had the... Uh, I guess you can call it the main event. Um, I guess you kind of had to do this for the last match, just given what it was here, Carl. We have the uh, Stadium Stampede match. We're uh, missing a match. Are we? Yes. Which match are we missing? Uh, the TNT Championship. Oh, I think I skipped right past that. You okay, did. Let's go Let's go back to that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how that happened. But, uh, yeah, let's do that first. Uh, we had uh, Cody uh, with Arn Anderson uh, versus Lance Archer and Jake Roberts with, of course, uh, Mike Tyson there to present this title. Um, let's talk before the match here, Carl, because this seems to be the really hotly debated thing this week on social media when it comes to professional wrestling this week, outside of some other things. Um, this TNT championship belt, uh, people are not digging this. What's, what's your, uh, your take on just how it looks? What I'm going to say is they have already come out and said that it is not finished and not complete. Due to COVID-19, mm-hmm. the platers and the people that make the belt were not able to complete it. Shut your damn mouth. It's not your championship. It's not your company. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what they want and what they have made, and it is not complete. Shut your mouth. There you go. I would agree for the most part. Um, having said that, too, I think if it was not complete, they should have just not shown it. Um, or maybe but I've you, just... you had to because you've been yeah. building up for this. You've True. had a whole tournament for this. Yeah. Just because this this stupid pandemic whatever yeah. has happened doesn't mean at all that you like have to cancel absolutely everything. True. You couldn't cancel this. It's a tournament for a freaking championship belt. 
Yep. Uh, just unfortunately, the, the the timing, I guess, just didn't uh, kind of work out. And I mean, yeah. I, I could see both uh, sides of it, um, of, of, you know, needing to have, have something, but at the same time, showing an unfinished belt, uh, when especially when our first champion is being crowned, I believe that's the first time that I've ever seen that. That's, I think that's, I think yeah, that's the first. It's the first time that I've ever seen that happen as well. But yeah. I, it, these are stupid, messed up times right now. They are. Yeah. You work with what you have. You work Absolutely. with what you've got. You work with what you can do. And this is what they could do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Everybody now. needs to take their judgment <laughs> and just stick it straight up your rear. I there mean, you there's, yeah, I come on. I, 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 are I, you I, really, are you really that big on, on how a championship look? Like, really? Yeah. Really? There's, there's definitely is that what there. your main focus is <laughs> out of this entire thing, out of this entire card where these people went out there and put on amazing matches for you, put their bodies on the line as they always freaking do, and you're all hung up on a stupid championship title belt? Get your head out of your freaking ass and enjoy the product that they're putting on and stop worrying about stupid freaking championship belts. There you go. God. <laughs> I will say it's definitely better looking than the twenty four seven championship. That, that that I will I will say it, it looks a lot better. Now, I've definitely seen worse belts out there, folks. And yeah, I, uh, I definitely have as well. And, and no, frankly, you know, even if this is what it, even if the, what the finished product looks, looks like, I, I, don't, I don't personally I don't think it's that bad. Um, I mean, it, it's not the most beautiful belt out there, but it, it's. Um, at the end of the day, it really is kind of a prop here, folks, and um, when it comes down to it. So, just so we, I think we all need to kind of calm down, and this uh, people are kind of losing their minds over this. It's 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 a little much, but uh, I definitely understand Carl's opinion, and I, and I do see the other side of it as well. That uh, you know, presenting an unfinished product, especially on such a big platform, I can definitely see where the negative opinions can kind of come from there. With that, now having said that, with with the match itself here, Carl. Um, unpopular opinion possibly here i think that they put the title on the wrong person i think that the because the theme of the show kind of here was kind of baby faces up here it seems like every all the good guys won i think you needed to put the title on archer here i would have to agree yeah. uh with that statement um i get it cody is like top part owners whatever of the yeah. company and can't wrestle for the the heavyweight championship now yeah. but is now able to just work himself into winning a yeah. brand new championship that was like is was this just brought in because cody wants a title is that kind of what, what yeah. was happening here or was this actually supposed to be something that that was very genuine and supposed mm. to actually be the mid-tier title yeah. but yeah, like I think honestly, it went it at this point, it should not have gone on Cody Rhodes right away. Yeah. If he wins it somewhere down the line, I, I would have been cool with that. But yeah, right now it's it's got a little bit of taint and tarnish on it yeah. because of that fact. It feels like this is like a, a ten chapter story, and we're on chapter two, and and but we've already fast forwarded to the end. So to me, that's how this kind of feels. I, th I think that to tell that proper, you know, good guy overtaking the bad guy, I think you got to put that 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 title, that championship on the bad guy first and then make the good guy work for it. I had to have the good one chasing the bad. I mean, that's just classic um, professional wrestling 101 storytelling there. And they decide to not go that way. I mean, there's so many different ways you can see this. Yeah, I, I, I get the... The angle of where people are thinking, oh, that just it's the uh, the owners booking themselves to win championships. Although you could argue against that a little bit with the young bucks. The young bucks haven't won jack squat um, for the most part. You know, it comes to championships and tournaments and whatnot. But uh, everybody else, I, I definitely get the perspective of they're just saying, oh, just the boys are just booking themselves to win. Um, with COVID, honestly, that's yeah. how it that's how it yeah. feels. That's how it yeah. how it seems to me. It really yeah. does. Uh, had had this been like let's say uh, Colt Cabana hmm. in there with Lance Archer, yeah, and Colt Cabana won, I would be perfectly fine and happy with how that went. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was Cody, yeah. the one who left the conglomerate, came and like took his ball and cre created his own matchup and created his own company and created his own thing and is now created a new championship and is the one to carry that chance. Like 
no, it should not have been done that way. Yeah. That's it's it's a classic case of of like owners booking themselves. It's clear you can see that. As much as I love Cody, mm-hmm. uh, don't get me wrong. Like I'm a fan of Cody's. Me too. I'm a fan of of you know everything that Cody has done throughout his career since the very beginning. I, I've been a fan of it, but I'm not a fan of this type of booking. Yep, I guess. Like I said, I think uh, it feels like we've fast forwarded to the the end of the story when we're only on the second chapter. Uh, and it, to me, it's like, well, now that you've already had the good guy beat the bad guy, where do you go from here? Right? I, I think we've we've jumped the gun on this storyline, and I, I think you could have really had a long term thing there. And, and I, obviously, I think that they kind of blew it a little bit. They might prove me wrong, but I, I just I don't know where you go from that. Do you have? You, are you going to rewind and then have him lose and then have him win back again? I don't know. It's just, I feel like they, they just, they, they, it almost feels like they forgot how to do a good guy versus bad guy thing, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Um, I, I, I'll see. I think at, at this point, Archer is going to be working with somebody else at this point. And there's going to be some of their program or some of their storyline, because like I said, yeah. I just don't know where you go from that. Um, so, okay. Now going back to the last match for the card here, I can't, I think it's the first time I ever skipped a, uh, a match when we've broken down a card here. So that's uh, my and a high that. profile match. At right. That. Right. But at Dude. least that, that, that's why I have a co-host and um, one that pays attention folks. So that makes it uh, um, a lot easier to do this. Uh, so the last match for the, the night here, we had the stadium stampede match. So this uh, was the elite versus the inner circle. So with the elite, we had Adam page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson and Matt Hardy versus the inner circle, which of course is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Ortiz. Now, this was about a 34 minute match here, Carl. And I got to say, uh, you might be surprised uh, by my opinion on this, but I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Uh, I was very, very entertained. And I got to say, they, they did a really, really good job at capitalizing on being where they were at. They were at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. They even made use of the cheerleaders and had them cheering and, and making comments during the match. They, they did this the right way, I think, Carl. So... Because this is the big discussion right now, mm-hmm. um, I think that definitely it was it was fantastic. It was it was a great show to watch. Yeah. Um, better or equal to the Boneyard match? Oh, this was far better than the Boneyard match. It might have been far better. I was I, I was entertained. What, what made it that way? Because the, I'm seeing I'm seeing yeah. lots online where where people are uh, are really for uh, this stadium mm-hmm. stampede match that yeah. happened. Uh, but then you've got people on the other side that are going, but that's th- it's exactly like what Taker yeah. and AJ Styles like. It's same concepts, same same things, right? So where's where's the difference? This felt a lot less serious with the Boneyard match. It felt very very dark, very very uh, dramatic, and this very felt much. It felt like it was they they went with the whole football kind of angle. They even had uh, it was one of the um, the Jackson brothers and Sammy. They basically suplexed from one end of the arena to the other. They basically they went like a hundred yards of just continuing suplex. That they did that spot. There was one my favorite spot. Two my two favorite spots from the whole thing here was they were in the bar and Paige is sitting there and then Jake comes in and at one point like he basically takes uh, Paige and he just drags him across the whole bar from one end to the other like western style that that was fantastic and then at one point in the match too and, and this was the, for me the highlight um, Paige comes out with a, the yard line marker and Jericho's passed on the ground and just like rolls over top of him and, but and, and just Paige's body language on that it was just it was physical comedy perfectly timed it was that, that kind of stuff it was executed so well and then they, they did so much good physical stuff in the match too it just it was a perfect balance of the, the comedy aspects the, the sport presentation and then the actual wrestling that I, I think they hit all the marks on this here Carl well there you have it yeah. people yeah, with a word from Big Joe, <laughs> and I know those are uh, people are probably pretty surprised because I'm very much a traditionalist and I typically don't go for these kind of matches. But I mean, yeah. these guys did such a good job on this, and like I said, that for me, that that highlight was that 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 
Page rolling over Jericho, right over his balls, going right over his face with that yard line marker. Right? That was fantastic. And, and Page's body language as he's just kind of like waltzing away after off camera. They kept the camera camera there so that he could walk through and go across. So just it was just perfectly shot and, and well done. And uh, yes. I, I like the way that they did this. And um, you know they made use of all the stuff there. And yeah, it's, I, I, I dug this. I, I wasn't expecting to. Yeah, they definitely made good use of absolutely everything yeah. that they had possible. So, yep, and the elite getting uh, the getting the the win there with a, um, I believe it was Kenny on uh, Sammy. They did the one winged angel, th- basically from the seats down into um, whatever it was there to kind of end off the the match. Yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a scary spot there, and apparently, I believe it was Matt. Uh, or it may have been Nick that actually worked with a broken rib the entire match. So yes. um, I'm not sure how much legitimacy there is to that. That's a kayfabe injury. I can't really tell um, with the way both of them worked. I would kind of tend to side with a kayfabe injury, but knowing the Bucks, they they work regardless. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was a legitimate injury either, to be honest with you. That's right. There you have it, people. That yeah. was uh, AEW's Double or Nothing. Yeah. Um, again, a, a fantastic showing yeah. from AEW. Very happy with what they've done. Um, kind of disappointed in a couple of things. Yeah. But, I mean, we touched on all of that. Uh, if you're just tuning in now, uh, we are live right now mm-hmm. on Facebook. We are on our Facebook page at TB Talk Pod. People, share this out. Uh, this is something that we're going to look at probably doing a little bit more of. And you guys can even interact with us, which is yep. fantastic while we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've already gone 41 minutes here, Big Joe. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, this this took up a lot of time. So, uh, yep. yeah, w- what have we got next on the card? Next up is a bit of a doozy here, Carl. Uh, we're talking Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, we had this, I believe it's the, the season two finale. I think that's the final episode for that. Yes. And we, we've covered a lot of these. I think we may have missed a couple of them. But this one's, they, they kind of left, they kind of bookend uh, the season with two of the real doozies in the industry. We had the Chris Benoit deal at the beginning of the season. And then we have the Owen Hart story at, uh, at the end here. Uh, this one given, you know, that we're Canadian professional wrestling fans and, you know, a lot of us connected pretty heavily with, uh, with Owen on several different levels. Um, this one was a bit, a bit of a tough watch here. Um, I didn't feel like I learned anything kind of new with this just because we already knew a good portion of what was going on. Um, the interesting thing with this, though, was kind of some of the reaction for some other people that have watched this, and people being really critical of of Martha Owen's wife for still holding a grudge. I mean, people. I mean, her husband died. I mean, did did you expect her to just be kind of just cool with it now? Like, right. <laughs> I don't really understand that that thought process. Oh, Martha's still really bitter. Her husband was killed, folks, <laughs> literally, and kind of swept under the rug for the most part by the WWE. Uh, would you say it's yeah. a pretty fair statement to make, Carl? Yeah, it definitely it is. Um, I mean, that's that's not just something that you shrug off and get over. Yeah, like it's something that uh, that definitely from now. I didn't know, okay, that they had uh, gone with a different company. Mm-hmm. See, that was something new to me that I learned during mm-hmm. that broadcast. I thought that it was the exact same crew that had done all of them before. The only difference being that they had used a different clip this time yep. instead of a Caribbeaner clip, a, a quick release. Um, but I didn't know that it was a totally different company mm-hmm. that had gone in there to do it. So that that's something new that I learned coming out of that episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, and for me, just the biggest thing that, that, that I took away from this was... Boy, when something happens like this in WWE, boy, do they ever go to so many lengths to kind of cover it up. And, you know, it's a real dark side of this company. You know, and we, we like to, to praise this company as much as we can when they do do good things. But, boy, when they do bad, man, boy, do they look bad when they do it. And and this is definitely ranks up there as one of the, uh, you know, the worst things that they've been guilty of. And I... I don't really want to speculate whether this was purposeful, whether it was an accident. We seriously don't know. Um, I would say that it was likely an accident. Again, just, you know, a speculation on my end, but uh, it's really, really hard to to know. And 
again with the with Martha still being bitter, of course she's going to be bitter. Her husband was killed, so right. people need to to kind of get over that. Um, anybody that loses a loved one like that, and you're going to be upset, you know. Yes. The, the but uh, she created the Owen Hart Foundation, which has actually done a lot of good. So uh, you know, at, at least that kind of came out of that. And you can see that uh, like his kids too are still really really um, having a hard time with this, and, and rightfully so. That's right. All right, man. So uh, last topic before we have our, our match of the week here and before we do our showstopper segment, we still have a fair amount to go here. Uh, this is something that we've tackled before, but I thought we would again because, you know, I, I'm sure like yourself, I get to talk to a lot of people about wrestling fans. And a lot of people ask me about a lot of terminology when it, and a lot of words uh, that, that tend to come up here. So I thought we'd kind of go through these quickly and, you know, give some quick, simple kind of... Uh, explanations for what these things are here and the first one right off the top here i basically i picked 10 of the most common ones that i get asked most often and the one right at the top is a work uh what is a work carl anything planned to happen okay and then on the other side shoot a shoot um is just like going real there you go folks uh, those are the, the two top ones so basically something planned something unplanned and yeah. then taking a bump taking a bump is just uh how you fall yeah um, or how you how you land uh, something like that. So when you see uh, these guys like getting choke slammed or power bombed, yep. and they hit the mat, that's that's the bump. That's yep. taking a bump. Yep. I immediately think back to that YouTube video of the original Tough Enough and Triple H taking showing basically how to take a bump in the ring. I don't think I've in that video. I don't since then. I don't think I've ever seen anybody take such a hard, fast bump as he did in that position. He just like he's like, I'm gonna take a bump. Boom. He's like, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, taking yeah. that. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, next up we have Mark. What's a Mark? A wrestling fan who enthusiastically believes or behaves as though they believe professional wrestling is not staged, or loses sight of staged nature of the business while supporting their favorite professional wrestler. There you go. Um, next up, we have angle. What's an angle? Angle is just a uh, how things are being, uh, you know, storylined. So yeah. an angle usually begins with like one wrestler attacking another one physically or verbally, uh, which ends up in like revenge happening. There you go. Uh, and then a couple of, uh, easy ones here, but uh, people still seem to be kind of uncertain, which is a little odd. Uh, we have baby face and heel, and that essentially is just we have good guy, bad guy. And then baby face, good guy, yep. heel, bad guy. There you go. Then blow off match. What's the blow off match? That one's that I I mean a little bit kind of harder mm-hmm. to uh, to really explain. Um, it's to end everything okay. pretty much. Yeah. Um, like so, you 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 have a feud that's going on, and they've already had like five or six matches then you have the final one the blow-off match the one that's going to end that feud yep rubber match is also another one that's thrown out there or to kind of uh to end it off or however you want to word it uh curtain yeah. jerker just the ones that are going out there first essentially yeah. and now, that's not a pre-show though no that's on the actual main okay. card uh usually the first uh first second whatever they're they're considered the curtain jerker there you go and quite feeling for the last one here carl go home Let's go home. Go home. Wrap it up. Yep. That's essentially That's the referee telling the workers in the ring, time to go home. Let's go home. Let's wrap it up, folks. Yep. Which, just like the segment, uh, it, that's it. So, yep, that's a little explanation of some of the real kind of basic terms of professional wrestling that uh, kind of give you a little bit of insight, uh, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, a little bit to uh, how uh, some of these matches and some, how some of this stuff kind of works. Yeah. So next up, before we do our Showstopper segment, Carl, let's do our Match of the Week segment. And given what we've already talked about, I'm pretty sure you can kind of guess what mine is, but uh, I will let you go first this weekend. What was your uh, Match of the Week for uh, for this past week? Surprisingly, it is not coming from AEW. Damn. My Match of the Week is actually coming from NXT Ooh. this past week with Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. Now, Dexter Loomis creeps the bloody hell out of me and is doing his job perfectly. I love it. Uh, These two, like, just, like, it was just a fantastic match. The chemistry between the two of them, which is something that we haven't really seen in NXT a lot lately. Uh, These two really went at it and, and just put together such a phenomenal good matchup that I was, like, super impressed and happy. So... 
there it is, people. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and find uh, Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis from this past week's uh, NXT. That's my match of the week. There you go. Now, mine, uh, I will give a first pick, and I will pick one that, that is actually a runner-up as well. That's uh, kind of a notable mention. Uh, but my match of the week is actually coming from AEW Double or Nothing, and it is the, the stadium stampede match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. They they had a really nice balance of the sports presentation and some comedic aspects and just some, some good high-octane professional wrestling. I thought that they... They they didn't do too much. They didn't do too little. They hit a really nice kind of medium there, and just a, it was it was a good way to do an entertainment style professional wrestling match, if that makes sense. You know, with uh, WWE, we, we they tend to see them kind of drop the ball or go too a little too hokey. I think doing this in a football arena and even having like the the cheerleaders and even having the inner circle guys wearing a the football uniforms and whatnot. Just uh, I really like the way that they went about this, and they I was wondering how this was going to kind of come off, and I just uh, I think that having you know the the owners of the jacksonville jaguars involved and everything like i said i think that that whole angle of that helped so yeah i thoroughly enjoyed that and my runner up here uh is another match i enjoyed this week and this is actually going to come from ring of honor and this was a uh, they've been kind of showing a lot of their archives lately and this is actually coming from the the 2017 world of the worlds tour that they they did and this was a, a matchup between Shinsuke Nakamura versus Mark Briscoe versus Jushin Thunder Liger versus Jay Lethal. Wow, Carl. Um, this was a fantastic match. Went about 13 minutes or so. And just some real marquee names that are just, just button heads. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and again, I got to give props to Ring of Honor for doing these flashback uh, matches in, in their entirety on YouTube. It's been great to kind of go back and experience this stuff again. So this this is something that you had, had seen on their actual YouTube page. This isn't uh, from correct. the actual programming that they had. Is correct. That correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because yep. I haven't been able to watch Ring of Honor's program from uh, this this past week <laughs> yeah. as of yet. I do have it recorded, but I don't yeah. know who they're showcasing in uh, in this or last week's uh, broadcast. So yeah. I've been very happy with all of that. So I'm glad that you uh, you kind of brought that up as a. Uh, uh, another pick for you for your match of the week. Uh, very happy with that and everything that Ring of Honor has done throughout this entire situation that's happening. I'm super yeah. happy with it all. So, yeah. And another one too that that was excellent too was uh, the Briscoes versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Kazuchika Okada. That was another one too that was really kind of good. Uh, so yeah. make sure and check that one out as well, folks. If you like some Ring of Honor, and you get to see uh, a mixture of some current WWE guys, some New Japan guys, some Ring of Honor guys, some really good uh, yes. stuff there worth uh, checking out. Yeah, All right. definitely. So we're gonna take a brief break here, Carl, and we're gonna come back with our showstopper segment, and we're gonna talk a little bit of AEW and whether people are being too critical of it or not. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Visit CollarandElbowBrand.com where you can get 15% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Good Brothers Dojo t-shirt. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that favorite point of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our showstopper segment. Yeah, Big Car- Joe, what do we got today? Yeah, man, we got uh, an interesting one here that uh, our, our fans and journalists and pundits and uh, and just people in general involved in wrestling, are they being too critical of AEW? And especially given that this company is literally just over a year old or you know somewhere kind of along that line, I think that especially people who are very, very, very pro-WWE are just crapping on AEW for the sake of crapping on it. Uh, that's about the best way I can kind of put it. I I agree and I don't agree. Yeah. It feels um, like people are being unnecessary, like they're being really unfair and, and, and not rightfully and not rightfully so. You know, this isn't like you know, during the Monday Night Wars when we had WWE versus WCW, CW had already been really established. And yep. a lot of the kind of back and forth wasn't necessarily like a, really a hate on for the other two companies. And that, that feels like that's the big difference right now between WWE and AEW is it's not fans just having kind of good back and forth discussions. It's real hate on either, either side. Yeah I, yeah, I totally feel that. I definitely yeah. do. 
Um, I, I don't think that it's just necessarily t- towards AEW, though. Mm-hmm. I think that, honestly, fans and, and broadcasts and journalists and all of this are being very critical of the entire world of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. whether it is AEW, whether it's Ring of Honor, whether it's New Japan, whether it is WWE. I think that uh, everybody is just being very critical of all of it. Um, and it's very unfortunate because I mean, th- th- there was a time and I understand that, you know, that was called kayfabe and that kayfabe is dead. I get it, but still suspend your disbelief just for a little bit. How many people have, have watched uh, the Harry Potter series and suspended their disbelief? How many mm-hmm. people have seen all of the different Avenger movies and suspended their disbelief? Lord of the Rings, another mm-hmm. classic series, but you suspended your disbelief for a while. You need to just get back to that. Stop being so critical of, of the product of that anyone is putting out and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just suspend your disbelief for a little bit of time. Let your cares melt away and just enjoy. Yep, I uh, definitely see your approach. And I do, you know, get the other side of the coin at the same time too. You know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more of... The, the type of person that when I see something that, that is obviously mediocre, not up to the part that should be, I will address that. I will call them out on that when clearly it's either you're not trying or you're just maybe not necessarily putting out a bad product on purpose. But you know, that's kind of been my main beef with, uh, with, with WWE is it just it feels. And I, I think a good way to kind of describe it, and people may disagree with me or not, that there's a picture, you know, this is pre-COVID-19, mind you, there's a picture of a person in the crowd, I believe it was at a Monday Night Raw show, holding up a sign going, it feels like you're not even trying anymore. That's how I kind of feel about the current WWE product. Given the, the AEW product, I, I enjoy a lot of what they, they do, but they make some mistakes at the same time too. You know, That's one thing with this whole situation kind of going on is we've really seen these companies handle things a lot differently. You know, we have New Japan Pro Wrestling, who not surprisingly has just stopped because it, it would be counterproductive to them because they're a company that really thrives off the live show with people there in attendance. And we've seen WWE go with the empty arena shows with nobody else out there but the, the the talent, the people involved, you know, with AEW, it's kind of a mixture of the two. You know, we have, we have the empty arena, but we still have people there to make it so that's not like just dead air. You know, we ha- we still have kind of some activity and that's one thing that really helped this double or nothing show uh, that happened this week as well. You know, that wouldn't have felt as good or the same if it would have just been empty arena with nobody else there, but the people working the match. So, you know, we've seen different companies handle, handle things different ways. And I think that right now too, I think a big reason why people are being so critical too, is that a lot of people, Carl, they just have nothing better to do right now. <laughs> I, you know what? I think you're right. I mean, <laughs> To a point. Yes, I think you're right. Because this is something that's been going on for a long while now. This isn't just something new because of the COVID-19 pandemic that's happening. No, this is something that that has been going on for a while where a lot of people are very much so uh, critical of the products. No matter what the product is, unfortunately. Um, I mean, everybody everybody has their down down points. Mm -hmm. I mean, the McLobster. What? What? That's something new. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of the Big Lobster? That's something new. Oh, dude. Like, it was... Oh, no, no. I, I know what you're talking about now. I, I was thinking inside of a pro wrestling context. You're oh, talking no, about no, no, the, no, no, you're no. Talking about the lobster like sandwich. I mean, yeah, that, like, that was awful. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was bad. Right? That, that's something that was clearly bad and should be called out for so. You know, that uh, that that is the... To what... Um, that's to McDonald's of what pouring wet dog food on Roman Reigns is to WWE. You know, that, that, yeah. that's the, the equivalent of that in my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you. And, and that's one thing too, that that's, there, there's a lot of negativity going on in professional wrestling as well. And I don't really want to kind of give it into that whole aspect. Cause I mean, there, there's kind of some, some sad news out there that uh, it, it's something that I want to kind of, address but kind of address carefully because I, I do have an opinion that might be kind of unpopular but it's something that we should address you know in this past week you know that we it's been a rough week uh when it comes to people passing away in wrestling curl it's, it's been a tough week yeah it definitely has been yeah. um we don't need to get into 
what happened or situations running behind all of it. But I mean, all, all, all I'm going to say about this is that we had one um, in Chad who, okay. Like amazing person, amazing guy. uh, Really everyone's classifying him as a hero. Now he's really gone out as a hero Um, on the other side of things, uh, no matter what, happened or how things happened it doesn't matter but this is a classic showing of um a 22 year old hannah uh with stardom and on actually a netflix series Mm -hmm. um she is is gone she's she's not with us any longer 22 years old um i would definitely say a victim of a very belligerent cyber bullying mm-hmm. uh, i guess is maybe the best way that we can put that um yeah circumstances behind or what how everything happened we don't need to get into because no. that's that's not what we want to do here we don't care what we care about is that two amazing people in the world of professional wrestling are no longer with us yeah. so we offer our thoughts to all of the families that are involved the more kind of minute uh, details went out on both of these. It, this I will address this aspect of it here, Carl. Uh, this kind of stuff I think should stay a lot more in like private conversations, not airing out in dirty laundry, like on open forums on Facebook and whatnot. If you really want to delve in and give your actual opinions, keep it private, you know, with messages or just talking to, to people in person, getting the stuff all out in the open. I mean, you're always going to have people that are going to be on one side or the other and they're in the middle. Not everybody's going to agree on anything like this. So it's, it's, I know it's tough to kind of resist giving opinions and, and, and talking about this stuff, but uh, a lot of the stuff has to stay private and, and However you feel about it, it's just it shouldn't be like this because it's it's getting really nasty out there, Carl. And uh, people hopping on the bandwagon and not really knowing the details as well. And that's something that happens a lot. So it's unfortunate. I will say with with Shad, I don't think I've I've seen such an outpouring from the industry for, regardless of what company. I mean, this guy was obviously somebody that was liked by a lot of people. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that, that that was really really nice to see, and uh, and for him to to go the way he the way that he did, I mean, just it's it's really unfortunate. To, but like you said, a hero at the same time. So and yeah, it was a rough uh, week when it comes to that aspect of it here. But we did have, in my opinion, a pretty good show with AEW this week that I that I will say I enjoyed for the most part. Definitely, we did. I I do I do want to say because we're talking about Chad and and how. Um, Shad Gaspar, who, mm-hmm. you know, is being seen as a hero uh, of sorts right now. And and I do want to mention that even no matter how things happened with uh, with Hannah Kimura, she's really being seen as a hero as well and really, really is being kind of used as a, a voice now for this cyber bullying that's happened because we've seen um, wrestling stars from all companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just over in Japan, but from Ring of Honor, from WWE, from AEW, yeah. from every single company putting out the plea that this stuff should never have happened because of this. And we need to just stop the hate and just get back to love. Like that's, you know, the best way that we can put that. So we're not glorifying what happened, no. but we're, 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 unfortunately now having again to really put a focus on this bullying that really is is out there and as as terrible as all of this has been i am very thankful that we still have professional wrestling out there so i want to say thank you to aew thank you to wwe thank you to ring of honor thank you to uh, mlw thank you to ovw thank you to our friends over at Ignite Wrestling and Miss Kim, thank you. Even even Kim Artlip over at Ignite Wrestling has been putting out content mm-hmm. on their YouTube channel from past shows that have been done, and she's doing a fantastic job with that. So thank you to any company that is putting out professional wrestling, including our friends at the Canadian Wrestling's Elite, mm-hmm. who, if you go to our social media pages, at TBTalkPod, you will be able to see on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter that CWE is putting on another 
live show event over Facebook for everyone with some incentives this time. If you donate anything under $25 before the show happens, you will get a shout out on the show. Yes. $25 or more, mm -hmm. you're going to get a signed 8x10 poster shipped to you for free. That's including the shipping plus the uh, shout out. Uh, $50 cool. or more, you're going to get a physical DVD copy. You're going to get the poster and a shout out. $75 or more, you're going to get the DVD, you're going to get the poster, you're going to get the shout-out, <laughs> and you will get a personal phone call from one of the CWE stars of your choice. I do believe that that is your choice of ones that are included on the broadcast, mm -hmm. but I mean, like, go out and support cool. independent professional wrestling, and this is a great way for you to do that, and uh, CWE has put out some really good Patreon type of uh, rewards for those that uh, are going to go through and support them. So I'm, I'm yeah. super happy about that. Good stuff. Happy stuff with pro wrestling. Yeah, that, that's uh that was very cool uh, to hear about all that. And recently on the Andy Martin show, uh, you, uh, your wife, Leah and Andy got to talk to, to Danny about uh, kind of all that's going on with CWE. That was uh, very cool. Enjoyed yes. that. Make sure you go and check that out. And hopefully if all kind of goes well, that this uh, rescheduled tour coming up, I believe it's November 8th, and November 9th, that CWE is going to be in Sault Ste. Marie. And hopefully that that show will happen. And hopefully I'll be able to make my way up there as well, you know, to, to see you guys to see Danny and, and everybody so I'm hoping that I can make that trip up and I hope that, that show happens because uh, I'm uh, getting a little anxious to, to see some professional wrestling in person again so it, it's it's been long enough now I, I'm I need to kind of get my fill so yeah me too definitely follow our social media pages because I do yeah. post stuff from Canadian wrestling's elite uh, we have done our best to support them and they have supported us yeah. and it has been a fantastic partnership that we have together for this podcast and for the world of professional wrestling so yeah I mean Danny thank you very much for everything that you've been doing with CWE and continuing to give us some product and if you're following our social media you will see the show from Sault Ste. Marie that uh, has been already set and booked and put into place again going back to sue blaster there we go all right man well i guess it's a pretty good way to, to wrap things up here so we will see you on the next one have a nice day it's me it's me it's an honor to be the beat as you can tell in the background we are out celebrating that is what we do here at hitting the marks that time and i'd like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows here. You can find that all at givingthebucks.com. Run.